Bondages, break the chain, the links to everything, so that the Lord that resists the flow, our flow, our flow in your rivers, in the rivers, in the waters of your joy, in the waters of your spirit, in the liberty, the liberty which the spirit gives to our soul. Thank you, our Father. Oh, we give you glory. Oh, yes, we give you glory. Oh, yes, we give you glory. Yes, Lord, we give you glory. We give you glory, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We bless you, our Lord. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we ask, come and help us to use this time as we look at your word as we we study together. I pray for the help of my spirit leading direction to help us to fetch, fetch your truth as your, as your promise by, by your spirit. Take over this place, Lord. I push, push away every contrary thought, every contrary thing, and let, let your word have preeminence and it come with power and grace and great authority and, and great clarity. Thank you, our Father. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Good morning to everybody. God bless you. Hope you're all doing fine today. Amen. Are we okay today? Everyone's fine? You can say hi to somebody. Yes. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Okay, let's go to the scriptures. Uh, let's let's read. Let's read John chapter. <clears throat> let's see. Amen. John, John chapter 
Praise God. John chapter 1 verse 21 it says and they they asked him what then art thou Elias that's the way speaking to John praise God verse 19 said and this is the record of, of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him who art thou amen and and he confessed and de- denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And, and they asked him, what, what then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I'm not. And art thou that prophet? And he answered, no. And they said, un- said they unto him, who art thou? And that we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah, Esaias. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? And John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latchet I am not worthy to unloose. And these things were done in Bethabara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. And next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And this is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest unto Israel. Therefore am I, am I come, doing what? Baptizing with water. Amen. Amen. Therefore, I might come baptizing with water. Praise God. Verse 32, and John bear record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. Amen. I just want to say something. Um, um, praise God. I just felt in my heart to tell us concerning like seasons. Um, I know many of us are young, are in the faith, so there are some things we're not, we don't really know. There are some things we learn by experience. Uh, praise God. Um, but it's not everything you have to learn by experience. Some things God brings people who have experience around you. 
and if you have the, the right kind of heart, you can, you can pick things quickly and, and move very quickly, praise God. Um, so when you see this kind of season, a season of the spirit, like going, almost like going back to the milk of the word, right, is, is not ordinary. Things like this are not ordinary. I cannot teach anything else. Even if I try, I won't be, I, I'm not able to. So it's, it's the law that is doing it. Um, for those of us who are sensitive, there's, there's an emphasis in this time for to connect our hearts spiritually. Apart from our own emphasis here, is this a season of praying, prayers. And it's been said even from Lagos, Reverend K, or Daddy Reverend K has been emphasizing it, the importance to, you know, to keep your heart connected you know, and, and continue to, to pray and, and maintain the atmosphere and the, you know, the, the, the atmosphere of the spirit. Praise God. So, but think sometimes, this kind of thing, some people will still not hear. They will still be going about their life, doing everything and all that. So, I felt it in my heart just to say it. I don't know if maybe you're someone who you've been hearing this emphasis, but you've not found a way to bring yourself to actually change your life or change how you are living to key in to it. Um, the Lord wants you to know that you should take pre- take advantage of season. Um, season like this, this is when the Lord, the Lord can put things in you that will last a lifetime. Praise God. Um, when I look at my own life, I can, I can point to sometimes dates when breakthrough into certain things happen. You don't get breakthrough every day when it comes to your, who you are, like inheriting certain things spiritually. Sometimes word teaching can be piling up for even years, months and years. To, to lead to a particular, to get your soul to a particular conf- place where they can now bring maybe a season of some kind of impartation of something that can give you a quantum leap, you know, to, to push you into something, another experience, another realm. Amen. So mo- a lot of the things, like in terms of my own spiritual work that I'm enjoying by God's grace, access to things of the spirit, access to light, access to revelation, access to fellowship, all of those things. Most of those things, I can trace it back to seasons of breakthrough where there's a build-up and that breakthrough came in, in certain area. Praise the Lord. So, and so, um, so all those things, those seasons are very, very easy to miss. It just seems like every day, you know. The, the difference between keying in and not keying in is just... It's just Every day just seems the same, but it's not like that. So I want to take advantage. I want us to take advantage of this kind of season. Find a way to, if it's to pray more, if it's to be engaged more, you know, whatever you need to do, praise the Lord. I just find a way to do that. And I have a sense that this is also an equipping for times to come as well. That It's possible that maybe there will be seasons of things that they want to bring that if you don't have this kind of foundation, right? If you don't have this kind of, um, you know, it's a way of living, living constantly in the spirit, constantly in fellowship with the Lord. It's a way of, it's a way of life that you have to master. And there are some things that the Lord cannot add to you, some things you cannot carry. There are some thoughts you can't carry on, right, if you don't have that foundation of that life. Amen. 
So the Lord will help us. Those of us who are weak, there is strength. There is grace. You just need to, just need to key in to, you know, just with a childlike heart, you know what I mean? And just trust the Lord every moment to, to give you grace to, to, to do what he's requiring from us. Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, okay. So let, uh, we read this John chapter 1. Um, so this was, um, they came to John right? And they were asking him questions about who he is. And they asked him, okay, why are you baptizing? Praise God. If you go to verse 22, they said unto him, who art thou? And that we may give an answer to them that sent us. And what seest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? And John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. And he it is who coming after me is preferred before me, Whose shoe latcheth, I am not worthy to unloose. And these things were done in Bethabara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. Praise God. Now, let's see. Okay, um, I think in Matthew, Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 3, there's also a record of this in Matthew. Um, I think in, in Matthew's own, Matthew mentions some more specifics about what John said. Praise God. Okay, Matthew chapter 3, yes, verse verse 11, okay. It says, I, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, that he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, so now this thing called baptism. So to baptize here, um, so John had his own, his own baptism, which he was doing. He calls it baptism of water unto repentance. But he says that they come at one who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with, with fire. Amen. So, now baptism, um, praise God. The, the word baptism here, um, of course, John's baptism by water was not just putting you into water and bringing you out. It was a, it, without putting you into water physically, it was a, a symbol of something. So, so the actual baptism of John was a doctrine, was a teaching. So the physical water signified a kind of water that he had in the spirit, which he was applying to souls. Praise God. And that water which John was giving to souls was able to bring forth some sort of baptism. You get what I mean? Praise God. Now, now, baptism does not mean, that when you think of baptism for a soul, 
the word baptism actually is, is, is the same. It means birth, actually. Praise God. Baptism for the soul means birth. That's why I was saying last time that when we say we have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that a lot of times that's not really being baptized with the Holy Spirit. You know, we pick that word from these things that John said. So the word baptism is not a is not a common word in scripture. Right throughout the Old Testament, you didn't see the word there. It's in the New Testament that you began to see that thing called baptism. So, but that was the word that the Holy Ghost chose to, to represent something in the New Testament. Amen. So the word baptism, um, because they associated it with Jesus giving the spirit, we assume that what you get, immediately you get born again, is the baptism. Or just that maybe the experience of the initial feeling. We assume that is the baptism of the Holy Ghost that they are speaking of here. But that's not what he's saying. The baptism by both of water and baptism of the spirit, praise God. They are more than that. Now, in John came, he began to, to teach that repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Right? That, that was what John taught. Jesus also mentioned it too. So you see, there, there is something called repentance which precedes the kingdom. Right? That's why you say repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's a very simple English. Right? It's, Two things that must happen in sequence. Repentance must happen right before the kingdom. So the kingdom is at hand means the kingdom is coming. So you must repent. You must have a repentance for entrance into the kingdom. Praise God. Now, the repentance for the kingdom that John, John preached was, was he preached the Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. John preached the baptism of repentance. You know, baptism are doctrines. If you read the book of Hebrews chapter, chapter 1, chapter 6 verse 1, they left for living the elementary principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us not, let's move on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of, you see, repentance from the dead works and faith towards God and the Doctrines of baptisms. So, you see, doctrine of baptisms are actually, is not telling you how to be born, how to be filled with the Holy Ghost, or baptism of water alone. That's not what. So, doctrine of baptism actually means the doctrines of immersion. That's what he was speaking about. How, they, because they are, they are immersions, praise God, which begins first, which you need to have first as part of the elementary principles of the doctrine. Before the elementary principles, or the first principles of the doctrine, amen. They are part of baptisms that must occur. Praise the Lord. Now, um, now the reason why I said it, it, baptism is birth, and that's the best way to see baptism. Um, the place which that describes the process of baptism is Romans, Romans chapter 6. Paul was speaking about, oh, let's see that. In the book of Romans chapter 6, we'll come back here. 
Praise God. Romans 6, let's read verse 1. It says, For what shall we say then? What shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many as that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? So are you seeing the word baptism there? Where so, baptized into Jesus Christ. Of course, they're not speaking about being filled with the Spirit here. Right? They're not speaking about that. Neither are they speaking about water baptism. They're talking about being baptized into Jesus Christ. He's talking about an, an immersion. He's actually speaking about the new birth, which is also a baptism. But it's a baptism of the spirit man. Do you, do you, do you get that? It's a baptism of who? Of the spirit man. It says that as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. Now, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in what? Newness. That if we be planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So, so baptism involves two things. It's according to scripture, not dictionary definition of baptism. It's the scripture definition of baptism involves a burying and the resurrection. Praise God. It's a, it's, a, it's a burying. And so when you say the new birth, for example, being born again, the new birth is, like he's saying here, is a burying. Something was buried. And then something else was, was raised back. So that is, and you see, when they're showing baptism with, in the physical, when you go to the river to get baptized, they take you down like this. Something is, what goes in is buried, buried forever. Should never come back. And then you, when you're raised up, something fresh, something new must, must come back, must come up. Are you seeing? So, Death, resurrection, right? Being buried and being raised. That's what baptism means. Praise the Lord. Do you, do you see that? Amen. So, so then you now find that the word repentance, also in the, in the word repentance, there is, also a, there is also a meaning of baptism. Right? Because you, you baptize. He said, I baptize you with water. Unto repentance. Let's see that in Romans chapter 3. Sorry, in Matthew chapter, chapter 3. Praise God. Verse 11 it says, That I, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I. Whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the what? The Holy Ghost and with what? With fire. Praise God. So, so this baptism unto repentance. So, I am baptizing you. So, the, 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 when this baptism is done, you would have brought forth repentance. Right? And so, you said that the baptism of John, what the baptism of John was bringing out in men was causing men to have repentance. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
It was causing souls to have what? Repentance. Now, it is repentance from things that stops men from having access into the kingdom. Praise for two things. The repentance from things that stop men from seeing the kingdom and then from having access into the kingdom. Do you see that? Praise God because he says you have to repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. That repentance has to occur. Now there is further repentance inside the kingdom. Right? But there is repentance from things that need to occur. Amen. Now that repentance that, that John was speaking about here he calls it the, the baptism of water. Now, if you read John chapter 3, Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus. Uh, do you remember? When he came to him by night, good master, I know that thou art a... Come from God. Because no man can do the things that you do except God be with him. And just switch the conversation. I said, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Praise God now. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Except he then be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot. Now, John did not say, I'm baptizing you with water and the spirit. He said, I'm baptizing you with water unto repentance. Praise God. Because John could not baptize with the Spirit. Even though John had the Spirit, he could not baptize with the Spirit. John was not a baptizer of the Spirit. Because the Spirit is a, is a precious commodity to, for to be able to, to have, to give a soul the baptism of the Spirit is a very, 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 very high privilege for a soul to come into what? Into the access to being baptized with the Spirit. So what John had, or they give, they give John the, the Spirit, right, upon him. Amen. And he has the ability to use the Spirit. And by using the Spirit, he's able to bring forth the, he was able to bring forth kind of a doctrine of water that can bring a measure of repentance. Do you see that? A measure. So there is repentance that can happen without a soul being baptized with the Spirit. But the doctrine of that water, ideally what you need for entrance into the kingdom is what you call water and Spirit. Right? Except you are born of the water and of the spirit. That word born, remember I said before, that birth is baptism. So John chapter 3, because you see that we relate it to the new birth. If they describe new birth as baptism in Romans chapter 6, it, also, it means that birth is baptism. Because birth has to do with, the, in, with newness of life. As I said, that if we be buried with Christ... Right? As Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we also should walk in newness of life. So when there's newness of life, um, uh, 
if a, a thing that had an old life before. You know the way we have, maybe when you give birth to a child, right? It's as if the child came from nothing. Came from nothing and then he just appeared. Amen. Sometimes I look at my daughter, I say, where did you come from? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like before we were in this, in this house, just two of us, and then you are a third person. Another human being. It's just mind-boggling to me that if, if a person that you know exists, just not too long ago, two years ago, you did not, we didn't even, where were you two years ago? <laughs> Praise God. And you are just here walking around, you know. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's as if she just came from nothing, and there she is. But, but when it comes to the spirit, there's nothing like that. Amen. Because before, you, before the birth process occurs, there was a you that existed. That's why the, the birth that we are talking about is, is, is baptismal in nature. Because it had to do with one thing dying for another thing to come. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. So, so, so this ba- baptism was necessary for this kind of birth. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so he said, except a man be born of, the, of water and the spirit, that you cannot have entrance into a into the kingdom of God. So John, John did baptize. The baptism of John was a kind of baptism. Are you, get, are you hearing me? A kind of baptism that John could do to people who are not born again. So when you look at it, the water of John has the same content of the water of Jesus. But Jesus baptized with water and spirit because he's a, he has the privilege higher than John that he is able to baptize with the Holy Ghost. So John had baptism with the water but without the spirit. So, so all those men, they were baptized with the water, but they were waiting for the Spirit. And Jesus told them, don't leave. Even though I know you have plenty of water, because you started from John. John had given you plenty of water. All those disciples, of course, we know apart from one of them. All the others, all the others were, they, were, they had repented souls. Right. They had what? Repented. What's a repented soul? A repented soul is a soul that that does not have weapons in them that are hazardous to kingdom entrance. Right. That was what John was. Doing. John was a disarmer. To he was bringing men who have weapons against the kingdom. It would, they would come to John. Praise God. <laughs> they would come around him then he will begin to disarm them with things that creates enmity against the kingdom. That's what the, the, that water of repentance. That's what it means for a man to repent. The word repent means turn. Re- change your direction. Change your posture. Change your attitude. Stop. Do something else. Are you getting me? That's what, that's, are you getting what I'm saying? So that's why repentance is, is also a baptism. Because it involves something dying for something else to come. Does that make sense? Now, if you ask me what, what, what died 
in those men who John was baptizing by the Spirit. You know, where did, uh, you know how John got the water? He got the water from the wilderness. Right? I mean, where his doctrine was produced. It, it came out of spiritual training in the wilderness. That's where he brought his water from. Amen. And so that water um, is able to cause repent. The word repentance is, is actually the, is to, to repent. It has to do with the change of what men are doing. Are you getting it? It doesn't necessarily connote the consummation or the transformation of the nature within. It talks about change. When you can, a man who is doing certain things before, you, you've not been able to bring the full understanding of why he, to, not, not even understanding because understanding is involved to a degree in repentance, but you've not changed the nature from where those things are flowing from, but you can get the man to agree to stop doing what he's doing. So, and when you check those men, like when you check Peter, those men, as they were following Jesus, there was still a nature inside of them. There's nature that only the, the doctrine of Christ can touch. You know what I mean? Only, only, doctrine, only there's a, the natures of men that are against God. It's only the, the doctrines of the kingdom that can really, because it involves a dominion. Those natures sit by a spiritual dominion on the inside of men. But it's possible to get men to stop doing those things by imparting, by, by baptizing them with a, with a water. Do you understand? That's why they, the, why, the reason why they use water is because water represents the, the dealing with the externality. Do you get that? And you're having in Hebrews chapter 9, is it 9? And having our bodies washed with, with what? With pure water. Praise God. So spirit has to do with the capacity to interact, to transform the within. That's what spirit is for. Right? To be honest, you don't need spirit to get someone to change their behavior. If you have enough water, you can. Amen. There's a way water operates. What you call water, water can travel into the, the natural logic of men and bring forth reasons why men should not do some things and bring forth answers. That water is, 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 is available. Praise God. It can do a lot of things. Amen. Water can wash the body. Think about washing of the body when you think about water. Amen. Washing of the body as opposed to changing of the genes, which is, you can wash the body from uncleanness, but you've not changed the man. When you look outwardly, he's clean. Do you understand that? Uh -huh. so, so that doctrine of John, of the doctrine of repentance, which John was preaching, it was actually a message without baptism of spirit. But through his thought, of course, where it was flowing from was flowing from an operation of the ghost. Because you can't just bring out water by yourself. So water doesn't mean intellectual thoughts. It's no intellectual thinking. 
Because you saw that the guys who were asking John, who, they couldn't even read John. Who he was. Who are you? Who are you? They couldn't tell who he was. Because they were all Pharisees who were all doctors of the law. So water is not outward logic. Water is a kind of, is a kind of logic. It's actually a kind of logos. But it's a logos with a hyper intelligence that came out of the spirit but without the, the, the carrying in it the spiritual, the spiritual river. Praise God. It, without carrying within it the word, it's, it's not carrying, the, the, it's not carrying the, the, the essence, the glory of the spirit. Because you can't transmit the glory of the spirit in hearts who are dead. So, spirits who are dead. But you can bring out water from the spirit. So, that's what John was doing. Through spiritual training, he was able to cite water. Water that can make souls repent. That can make souls change their ways. Are you seeing that? Praise the Lord. So, so John did that. So, John was a special kind of man who was anointed for a special kind of operation. We don't have those kind of men now, right? The order of giving water of the spirit to an Adam who can minister it to an external method to get something done. Are you getting what I'm saying? So right now, just the baptism of water is not really the, the God doesn't really flow with that order anymore. Really. But when I say really, you know, it doesn't mean there are no exceptions. That's the way God is. We're just talking about this normal way of doing things. Um, but rather, um, God baptizes with now, because we now have a baptizer who is, who can, who can bring the water to us with a different method, which is water and spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? He can bring what? Water and he can bring spirit. Water and spirit. So, Jesus' baptism with the Holy Ghost. When he's baptizing, you said he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. So, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The first baptism of the Holy Ghost, which Jesus will bring to us. He will first baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Then when you are, that baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, it's, it's coming to a fullness of the Holy Ghost. Then it will open, as you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, praise God, that baptism of the Holy Spirit opens up access for waters. Waters are preparation for entrance into the kingdom. Does that make sense? The water is what? The preparation for entrance into where? Into the kingdom. So, so John could not baptize. John could give materials from the mind of the spirit. Right? But John could not give the spirit. I, I, are you understanding what I'm saying? 
it's not that that thing called waters. They are waters are actually the waters are the is what you find in the mouth of prophets. It's not the law. Are you getting me? There is what you call the law and the prophet. Isaiah also had waters. Jeremiah had waters. Ezekiel, Daniel, Malachi, Hosea, they all had waters. Amen. They had waters and they could give waters, but they did not have what? But they could not give the spirit. They had a, a, a spirit upon them as an allocation, a prophetic allocation from where they are able to, to, to get fetch the waters from. Do you understand that? But they could not give. So now, what are those water? What's that water? Water means ways. Are you getting me? So there are ways. Praise the Lord. There are what? There are ways. 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 Ways means what can give access. Praise God. Access that is kingdom kind of focused. So, of course, the Old Testament prophets couldn't minister entrance to the kingdom. But they could minister way that orients the soul in the direction of the kingdom, and then all of and that culminated in John. Does that make sense to us? Praise the Lord. Now, but when it comes to Jesus, Jesus was special. Let's read that place again. Matthew chapter three, verse eleven. He says, "I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy." To bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And with what? With fire. So, Jesus was a special kind of man that can baptize men with the Holy Ghost. Do you see that? Is it, is it what? A special kind of man. Now, can you, can you, can you, tell, can you see, tell me or see why it's necessary to Baptized with the Holy Ghost. Why was the water of John not enough? Sorry, sir. It could not change nature. Okay, but why was that nature change? Why is it important? That's where the man lives from. Praise God. Everything you're saying is correct. Okay, let's keep going. The, yes, it, okay. So, it comes by the... Okay, you need the Holy Ghost for to access the Spirit. When you say the Spirit, what is the Spirit? Yes. Yes. He can't access the Spirit. Correct. So, but why is that thing vital? Why couldn't? Why isn't baptism with water enough? Why must we be baptized with water and the Spirit? I know what you're saying, that um, you need that because of the impact it has. But why, why is that impact necessary? The kingdom. That's it. That's it. That if you left John, sir, and Jesus did not come, you will see souls who are oriented towards the kingdom, but they cannot enter. Why? Because the kingdom is in the Holy Ghost. That was why John, even John himself, he could not enter 
into the kingdom. But he had the water that brings the orientation, that makes heart ready, that makes heart not fight it. They are ready. They are not fighting it. They've repented. But the actual administration of the entrance, only by the Spirit can that happen. And so, that, so you see that kingdom is a special thing. God will not, will not release it anyhow to any person. Jesus had to come. Let, let us read um, John, a little bit of, of John. Uh, you know, John was, was the one who magnified the... He's the one who magnified that, you know, that, that privilege of Jesus. You know, they call him John the Divine because John's revelation tangented the divine. He had sight to resolve the divine conversation. Praise God. He was, when John was seeing Jesus, he was seeing more of the divinity of Jesus than the humanity of Jesus. Some of the other apostles, they saw a lot about the humanity and they saw the Christos as well. There's the Christos of Jesus, which Paul was vast at. It doesn't mean Paul didn't see the divinity, but when it, when it came to the skill, the apostolic grace, the ability to, you know, it's possible to be aware of something and to see it and to know it, but not have the skill to resolve it into thought and write about it. That was John's own skill in the apostolic. He was able to resolve the divine and use the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to communicate that divine relationship. So, so John was, he had a unique sight into the, the nuance, the, all the, the little things that, you know those little things that, little details about the father and the son, about Jesus and his father. You know, you know when you move into the, the realm of their relationship, you know, find that there are principles about their, their relationship that also need to be known. It has to be in the scripture. Because all that brethren have to come into that place yet. So it became him by whom and for whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory than to make the captain of their salvation perfect. So, so that same relationship, so there had to be, light had to be shared in that relationship. Praise the Lord. Now in John chapter 14, um, if in verse... Um, From verse 13, let's see. See, and whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, right? And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandment. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, and he, that he may abide with you forever now. You see, this word comforter is not just Holy Spirit, be my comforter. Holy Spirit, you know, the person, when you are sad, the person that comes and says, don't be sad. My, my child, be comforted. Oh, I love the Holy Spirit. Whenever I, I feel down, he just comforts me. Thank God for that. He can do that. But the word comforter, this word comforter, you say, see the, see the word comforter is, the, is in capital, am I correct? <laughs> Praise God. So it doesn't mean your friend. Praise God. This word comfort is talking about comfort from the divine. It's not, an, not any kind of comfort. It's the one who can 
comfort. There are, there are parts of you that no man can comfort. Nothing, praise God, it can. The word comfort also means to, it means to appease, to, to provide an answer. Right? An answer is comfort. There can't be a comfort without the, without, you know, the person who is bringing comfort must be, have versatility in that matter. Amen. You know, it's not everybody that can, can comfort you with any kind of thing. Someone who's not experienced in what you're going through, they, they can just be talking, you know, they, they will try all their best to comfort you, but they can't bring the comfort for that thing because they are, they are not. It's a, it's, you can't bring comfort from another world into a world that you know nothing about, into a realm you are not familiar with. Amen. So, this word comfort is not just anyhow kind of comfort. It's talking about the eternal comfort to a soul. The soul being an eternal entity. No, no, nothing, no being in this world. Nothing in this world can provide that kind of a comfort. Pour the whole world into a soul. The world will still be looking for, the soul will still be looking for comfort. Are you getting what I'm saying? Give, give, a, give a soul the whole world. When you, when you give him the whole world, he will be happy. Oh, finally, I've got in the world and everything. And then he will celebrate and dance and do his party and everything and go and sleep. Then when he wakes up, what happened? He starts... He starts looking again. Okay, what's next? After the whole world, what's next? <laughs> Amen. That's why some guys, like I said, they, they will kill themselves because when they look, they read the apex of everything that they thought they could achieve and nothing else to do, and there's no other point in life. There's still a great void on the inside because the soul is eternal. Praise God. So, so this comfort from the divinity is the is eternal comfort. Is, is the comfort of from the being who is big enough, who is large enough, who is versatile enough to comfort that eternal thing that he made for himself. So he's talking about our comfort from above. Praise the Lord. So, so he said, when it comes to comforters, the, the, the release of comforters, of comfort to the earth, is an express provision of the Father. That's why, so this kind of comfort, of course, John cannot do it. The prophets could not do it. The law could not do it. All of the things that came before Jesus could not do it. Jesus was the first comforter. And he came from the Father. I mean, Jesus in the flesh. So when Jesus came to the flesh, God sent a comfort to the earth. When Jesus was here, I mean, after he has fully developed, right? When he was a fully developed man upon the earth, he was a son of the Father. At that time, men who, people who were, you can't be living around Jesus and have need for anything, unless you're a devil. Like, like Judas. Praise God. <laughs> Judas, even God cannot comfort him. If God comes down in the flesh, he will sell God and ask for what's, what's the next thing. Are you getting me? Because that's his, it was like his own father, the devil. The devil was in the presence of God in heaven. God wasn't enough. He wasn't, he wasn't satisfied. And then he poured that that nature of dissatisfaction is the nature of violence to, 
all the trafficking and all that which was ongoing inside him. Praise the Lord. He felt like, no, this place, we need more things to do. We need more. There should be more activity in this place. Praise the Lord. All the merchandising and all that that he was doing because God wasn't enough for him. That is an error. I mean, that's a sign of a soul of, that is heading towards destruction. Praise the Lord. So, so this comfort here is talking about express provision. So the first comforter to men was Jesus. But, but Jesus wasn't a global comforter. He was a local. When I say local comforter, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not saying Jesus was a local guy, but you get what I mean, eh? Even his ministry wasn't international or anything. Was just, if you go and map out all the places he walked, it's not, very, it's not a very big space where his feet touched on the earth. Very, very small, small area. Right where he was just there. And he was okay being there. But, but the souls who were around him, they, there, was, there was something about him. His presence was a, was a comfort to them. They left their, their, their businesses. They left their pursuits. They left their whole life. When the day Jesus preached his toughest message, after everybody ran away, those ones who had, who had been communing with him, who had tasted of his comfort, he asked them, why are you here? He said, look, where, where are we going to go? You have, where, only you have the words of, what are the words of eternal life? Even though they were not understanding the word, they were feeling the comfort. There's something about what this man is saying that answers all the questions that I have inside my soul. So who else should we go to? Where should we go? So I wonder souls who can see this kind of thing and go away. It means that you've not, you didn't really see it. Maybe somewhere in your mind, you were, you were not really seeing what, what these words are pregnant with. This word, this word is the only thing. This word of, of Christ, word of eternal life, is the, only, is the only place where I get to, where I cannot ask the question, after this, what else? Yeah. Yeah. That is what stopped me. That was what stopped me. That was what I was looking for in 2011. I had gone through faith message, everything, but I now got into a very, very weird season. I, was, ah, ah. I now began to see the end of faith message. Okay, okay, I practice the faith, I everything. I get okay after that, what else? Oh. Are you getting me? What, what next? And then this word began to come and I began to hear. Ha, ha, ha. I don't like a word that I can see the end of it. I'm packaged and put in my pocket. This one is, when you arrive at a point, it's pregnant with other things. Are you getting me? Do you not see that? Soul is actually like that. Praise the Lord. The soul is actually what? Like that. You need something that can eternally satisfy the soul. That does not finish. You need goodness that is unending. That's what God presents. Goodness that you can't finish his goodness. His goodness, his mercy, that it never comes to an end. What about his love? The love of the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. So are you getting that? So Jesus was a, a local comfort because he was physically there with men. But he said that this is not enough. That the, the, this comfort has to spread. It has to go far. So comfort means, comfort is God you can own. Wow. That you can have as your own. Wow. That, is, that is a comfort. So Jesus' form, although they had him, but and when they, everybody who had Jesus, they had him forever. When he was going, he said, he said I'm with you always. Yeah. You know, they were sad that he was about to go. But he said, look, I'm, you don't see it yet. You don't understand. You don't, get, you don't get it. You don't know what you have gotten yourself into. You don't know. You don't understand that we can never, ever, ever, ever be separated. When you, as long as you're following what the plans that God has. See, I'm with you even to the end of the earth. Praise God. You see what he was saying here. So he said that if you love me keep, and keep my commandments, I will pray with the Father. He shall give you another comforter so that he may abide with you forever. Do you see that? And, and even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Praise God. Hallelujah. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. So you see, you see this, what he's saying here. So this spirit now, at that time when Jesus was with them, he was telling them right now, I, this spirit which the world cannot receive because it doesn't see him nor knows him. This spirit, you actually know him. Now, he wasn't talking about the knowledge of God or the knowledge of Christ or the knowledge of the Father, no. He was talking about knowing of the spirit. He's saying that this spirit, you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So, of course, the way the Spirit was dwelling with them was by the presence of Jesus. Right, so, as Jesus here, or is here, he said, as I'm here, this, this Spirit dwelleth with you right now, as we're here right now, by virtue of me being here. Because I'm an embody, embodiment of the Spirit. Think about any kind of... Where is, is it the... Is it inside his own spirit man? Or sorry, is it inside the sorry inside his soul? The measure? By this time Jesus was a Jesus was Jesus was was full of the spirit. Is it now, is it now the unction of it? I mean the, the crystals of the spirit in this in his nature, from where his word did found him from, the word which he was speaking to them. Or is it just the raw anointing upon him that even even reside on his garment? Which, which a woman came and touched and virtue came out of him and healed her. Are you, are you, are you know what I'm saying? The, the sufficiency of the ghost was in operation. All the wisdoms of the ghost was in operation. Him being with them. So he said, you can't be with me and don't know the spirit. I used to know, all, all I've been doing since is, is, is the ghost. 
all my wisdom, my display, everything I say to you, my teachings, how I relate with you, those are all characteristics of the Spirit. So, I'm, and I'm sure they must have been experiencing the Spirit with, with Him. At some point, they said that they couldn't resist the Spirit with which He spoke. That Spirit was there. So, He said that this Spirit that is with you now, there will be a time when He shall be in you. So, He was with you. But there will be a time He will now be what? Be in you. So, at that time, the Holy Ghost could only be with them. It could not be what? In them. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. But so Jesus is the baptizer. Is the real baptizer when it comes to anything that has to do with the Holy Ghost. He's the baptizer because the Holy Spirit, the release of the Spirit is a release of privilege. That it takes somebody who has the privilege with, the, with God to cause the Spirit to be released from God down to men. Amen. See that. Let's read on, please, because of time. In verse 26, it says, But the Comforter, right? So, which is the Holy Ghost? As the other Comforter. Say, Whom the Father will send in my name. Are you seeing that? So, it is in, in his name that the Father sends the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost can only be, only be sent in his name. Are you seeing that? Only his name can result in the release of the Holy Ghost. Are you seeing that? That's what makes him the baptizer. That's, that's what John did not have. That he said, we have to wait. To, I can have water. But, there is a, there is a, but really, the reason for my baptism is for the giving of the kingdom. But I know that this thing called kingdom, no man can access it except baptism of the Spirit. But I don't have that baptism. What I baptize is water unto repentance. But there cometh one who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with, with fire. Praise God. So, you say, let's come water, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, that he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Amen. Amen. Now, this bringing to things to your remembrance. So, are you not seeing the reason for this remembrance? Why is it telling them bringing things to your remembrance? What I have said to you. So, what things I have said to you, they are things that are in the water. But when you, I'm saying them to you right now. But at a later time, when the Spirit is in you, I have to bring those things again to your remembrance for them to be received by a spiritual method that can result in the transformation, the inward transformation that's needed for entrance. So right now you have them, but you have them in a way that they cannot give access to the kingdom. But there is 
a way that when you have baptism, baptism will bring a, 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 will re, rearrange your relationship with those truths in such a way that it can bring an, a transformation for, or a conversion for access into what? Into the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Jesus continued this thought in, verse six, in chapter 16. Praise God. Let's just go over there, chapter 16, and, and read a bit more. Amen. Amen. We're in a race against time. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, that it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, so there's something very key to understand about this about Holy Spirit coming. For Jesus, for Jesus, to the name that released the Holy Spirit and make it possible for the Holy Ghost to come to you is not just the name of Jesus. Because while Jesus was on the earth with them, he had spirit. Spirit was with them, but at that time, he could not baptize them with the Holy Ghost. Because at that point, he had not yet obtained the name. When Jesus was speaking about the name, there's a way he spoke. He said, in that time, you ask me nothing. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, in that time, <laughs> Jesus was speaking in the future time. He was saying, there's a name I'm going to obtain. I'm going to get a name. And when that name comes, oh my God, you will, a new season of asking. He said, either to you've asked me nothing. What it means is that, even though maybe, he said, Jesus, we're hungry. What shall we eat? He will bring food. Jesus, we need to go and pay it. He will bring it. Say, he said, all those things count as nothing. He's not started asking yet. There's a different world of things to ask for. That just don't, just wait, just wait. I'm, a name, I'm about to get a name. That's what Philippians 2 was saying. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every other name that the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. So, of course, the, the receiving of that name, Hebrews spoke about that name, right? The, the time of that name being given, right? Being made so much better than what the angels, as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So, it would take the most excellent name. Of Jesus. By virtue of that name. That's how he asks the father. So it's he who has that name. That can ask for the Holy Ghost. Asking for the Holy Ghost is not a small thing. Do you know what Jesus was asking for? He's saying God. Give your ghost. To go and be living inside all these men. For that, for that to happen, something must be assured. There must be an assurance in the spirit. A prototype of the victory must have arrived at heaven. That was the, the work of the forerunner. Right? So he, the prototype, you see this work that was, that was done in me. 
We need now to send the Holy Ghost down into this man to go and raise them up to this same place. By virtue of that name, Jesus could ask the Father that and the Father could release the Spirit. So much depends upon the Spirit. So much depends upon the Spirit. For a man like John not to enter the kingdom, so much depends upon the Spirit. Praise God. So that's why Jesus said it's expedient for you that, you know, from this chapter 16 from verse 1, he was talking to them how, why are they getting sad? Because he said, he said, I'm going. If you know what my going is going to be to you, you won't be sad. That's verse 16. He said these things, sorry, verse 1 of chapter 16. These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. Praise God. Verse 4, but these things have I told you that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you asketh me whither goest thou. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. But nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him. I will send him unto you. Amen. Amen. So, this Holy Ghost, they are, you see, when he's coming, is the, the release of the kingdom. So, when the Holy Ghost was coming, it's actually kingdom that was coming. Right? When it was coming in the form that is pregnant with all the things of the kingdom that should come into the hearts of men. It was, that has been the plot right from time. How to give the kingdom. How to give the kingdom. That has been the plot right from time. And the answer to that plan was the sending of the Holy Ghost. After just has done all his work to really, to, to obtain the privilege of men having the Holy Ghost, then say, okay, now we can send him. But now you say, that Holy Ghost that I send him, sometimes we don't really see him. We don't really, we, we just see him as an extra Holy Ghost, you know. Ah, I know my brother. Ah, that's the Holy Ghost brother. You know what I mean? Holy Ghost brother. But we don't see the, own, the necessity to be, be in the Spirit. Can only try and imagine how in the spirit Jesus was. Like how, how, how in the spirit. How immersed in the spirit. How, how spiritually natural he was. For him to have such a channel of communication with his father. Constantly. So I see my father do. I'm not going to go and inquire and fast to see what he's doing. As I'm just here right now, I'm seeing him doing things. And as I'm seeing him doing things, that's how I myself, I'm just doing them. For him to be able to say that me being with you means the Holy Ghost is with you. It means that he has embodied, he was an embodiment of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost has poured out everything inside of him into Jesus. It was a, just was a manifestation of the kingdom of God. 
upon the earth. Walking kingdom is walking Holy Ghost. That's why he, can, he couldn't make, he make error in thought. He couldn't make error in judgment. He couldn't make... Tempted in all points, yet without sin. How come? Only a Holy Ghost man can be that way. <laughs> it's so that exchanges Holy Ghost, other ghosts. Holy Ghost, other ghosts. Praise God. Let, 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 let me tell you guys something. Let me just tell you guys something. Let me tell you, if you are that kind of so that exchange Holy Ghost, other ghosts, see. The, the person that you are dealing with is a spirit. He doesn't come to tempt you when you are wearing the Holy Ghost. That's not when he comes. He will leave you enjoy your, your time with the Holy Ghost. When you are wear, putting him off and then wearing off your other ghost, then he begins to come. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why sometimes our life in the spirit is not married to our natural life, our normal life. Because the Holy Ghost is like one section. We just go there and, oh, Holy Ghost, you are here. I just need to check if you are still here. Okay? It's, good that you are, it's good you are still here. Then, after you, oh, you are here. Are you okay? Everything, Holy Ghost, everything is fine. <laughs> Hope you are not leaving. Don't leave, oh. Don't leave. <laughs> then you have other things to go and do, and you take off again, and then go, praise God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, now, so, so you see, now this, let's read something interesting here. Praise God, I love this chapter. He said, and when he's come, ha, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Three things. Of sin because they believe not in me, of righteousness because I go to my father and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because he, the prince of this world is judged. Now, what Jesus was teaching here was Romans chapter 14. He's talking about the three things in the kingdom. Right? So the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness. It's peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Now, so the first one is, he said he will reprove the world of sin. What is sin? What is sin? Sin is the enemy of righteousness. Do you get that? You have to use the words. You have to use the eyes of the spirit to read the word. And not just the eyes of the spirit, but the eyes of the spirit and the scriptures. To interpret what Jesus is saying here. When, when he said reprove the word of sin, that word sin actually means whatever is not of faith. Right? According to that Romans chapter 14. The end of Romans chapter 14. Let's read it. Praise God. So he spoke about the kingdom of God, verse 17, is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And for he that in these things suffered Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Then he now began to apply his thought towards the specific issue that that, that Roman church was dealing with, which were 
guys, you know, talk, bringing legalism into what people eat and all of that. You know, that was where, was from there he spoke about this thought of what's in the Holy Ghost. Yes, then towards the end, he now said that the real core of this matter is whether you are eating or not eating, is it in faith or not? Right? He that doubted, is verse 23, is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatever is not of faith is sin. So, reproving the word of sin is what? That sin there is talking about the sin. You know, sin is a big thing. When he says sin, you have to say, which sin is he talking of? This sin is the sin of, is the sin against entrance, the, the first dimension of the kingdom. Right? Which is the sin of faithlessness or the sin. Verse 9, because they believe not on me. Right? Because they believe is the sin against the against the, 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 the access to the power of God, right? This believe not on me. In, in John chapter 1, it said that I, I came into the world, the world knew him not. Say, but as many as received him, to them give him power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Right? So that believing on him, believing on his name, are you getting what I'm saying? Is actually the beginning of the faith of the son of God which is the beginning of the kingdom. Which is talking about, is the first scene, the dealing, the first point where sin is dealt with. Is in the, is in the, is in the righteousness dimension of the kingdom. So, when you, the first place where before you get there, sin is untouched. Right? So, the soul that has repented has sin, has, he hasn't touched the sin inside him. He just repented to make him let him let now repentance means agree to come to the place where they can deal with sin, which is access to the things of his dominion, because only the dominion world can actually has the DNA, the power, the intelligence that can travel to where sin is and begin to tamper with sin on the inside of a man. Are you seeing that? So, to this place here where. Is reproving the word of sin here is the first dimension of the kingdom, which is the realm of righteousness. You have to relate this faith because if it's because they believe not on me, he's talking about those who subscribe not to the faith of the son. And we see that faith of the son in the book of Romans, chapter one, say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because the power of God unto salvation, not to Jew, to the Greek, for therein is righteousness. Of God revealed from faith to faith. Amen. So, so the, the, the realm of believing on him is your engagement with the faith of the son. The faith of the son is the first thing they begin to teach in the kingdom. That's the first message of the kingdom. Do you agree with that? So that's what Romans chapter 14 refers to as the righteousness dimension of the kingdom. Now, Verse 10 now says, of righteousness, because I go to my father. This righteousness here is peace. What is peace? Peace is righteousness that has made peace. 
peace is just, they use the word peace because it's a marker. Right? It's, it's actually righteousness. Uh-huh. All the kingdom is all righteousness. Amen. So, so this righteousness is the righteousness of acceptance. Because I go to my father and you see me no more. Amen. So in this place, he's mixing thought here. He's talking about the righteousness that of his, of this, his acceptance. Means that he has produced the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Which is a condition of acceptance in Hebrews chapter 12. When he said, whom the Father love, he chastised it and, and he scourged every son whom he received. So, to be received by the Father is as a result of righteousness to a point that has, be, that has made peace. Are you seeing that? So, verse 8 was speaking about righteousness of the kingdom. Verse 9 is of what? Then verse 11, verse 10 of peace, verse 11 of judgment. Judgment is actually joy of the kingdom. Praise God. So if you are a student of righteousness, you already know this is very clear to you. You should know that judgment is a realm of is a realm of joy. Right? And the joy of this judgment is not just joy of access of the Holy Ghost. No. This is talking about it. Um, in Psalm 149, they spoke about it, this joy. It's called the joy in glory. Right, the joy where in glory, the glory is the final realm, may be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the acceptance of Jesus. Praise the Lord! So, that joy in Psalm 149 said, Let the saints be joyous in glory, let them sing aloud on their bed with a double edged sword in their hand, and where the high praises of God. On their lips. What is all that for? What's all that equipment of joy? So do what? To execute the judgment. What? Vengeance upon the hidden. Okay. Punishment upon the people. Okay. To bind their kings with chains and the nobles with what? Feathers of iron and what? Execute upon them the judgment written. To execute upon them. That's Psalm 149. Am I correct? So, so that judgment, the judgment of the prince of the world, of this world. You know, of course, we know this. When you say the prince, he's talking about that, that wicked spirit. That's Satan and the devil. No equipment lower than the joy of glory can bring about the judgment of him. Yes, because he too came from the realm of joy. He also came from the realm of glory. Before, he was a cherubim of glory before. So, it's not even any kind of joy. It's joy in glory. So, he said, let the saints be joyous in glory. So, it's saints who have become joyous in glory. In that realm, they have equipment. They have the high praises of God. You know, the, the, the high praises of God is not the realm of praise. Now, we found unto praise, honor, and glory. High praises of God is glorious. 
you know, there's a point where he say you make his praise glorious. That to, to make his praise glorious is the, the, the soul must have ascended into the height of the dominion of the kingdom. At that point, the praise of God in the soul becomes a glorious praise. It's out of a glorious praise that judgment comes from. Sorry, there's no time to explain well what I'm saying. Maybe we can explain more, but are you getting, you're getting the point of what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. So, so this thing that Jesus is actually speaking here, you know, he won't use maybe the exact, exact same language as Paul in Romans. I should tell you then that in terms of the spiritual sight, it's the same thing. Yes, sir. What Paul was seeing and what Jesus was seeing that made him say this yeah. is, is a reality in the spirit. Yeah. Scripture are words crafted by the Holy Ghost to describe spiritual realities. So sometimes, two parts of the scripture can be describing the same thing, but they might not use the exact same words. You have to journey in the scripture to resolve them to the same thing. Praise God. So it's very clear that so this thing which so when he is come, what he will reprove the world of, right? Uh, they align with the three dimensions of the word of the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and then what? Joy in the word, Holy Ghost. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. But how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come... He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall do what? Show it to you. Then all things that my father hath are mine. And he began, to, he began to say all those things. Praise God. Verse 10 said, I, Because I go to my father, and you see me what? No more. Because I go to my father, you see me no more. So this righteousness of going to his father, going to his father makes, made him able to release this dimension of the, of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Now, as Jesus, as Jesus was, was developing... Amen. Let's just finish this thought and we can go. As Jesus was developing, in his development, as he was coming into, maybe he came into the righteousness of the kingdom. By doing that, he had purchased the requirement for a release of the Holy Ghost with that dimension of the kingdom. So let's say Jesus only accept righteousness, only attained the righteousness of the kingdom. And then he went to his father. Father said, okay, this thing you have brought to me, I can release the Holy Ghost, but that Holy Ghost cannot go with more. Because you are the price. You are the, when he was coming, a payment from humanity was going to God. This man is a payment for our, <laughs> for the provision that you are bringing to us. And when they say, okay, let us weigh the payment. That's what they have to weigh him and check what things as he accomplished. What things are accomplished on the inside of him. So, 
When he says, because I go to my father, it means that because I've gotten to a place where I'm acceptable, because of that, the dimension of peace of the kingdom can be released to you. So, when God receiving Jesus, it wasn't because, ah, Jesus, I like you, you're my son. And because of that, it wasn't that kind of thing. When you say, I will pray the Father, it's not just that, ah, I'm, I'm his son now. So, you, no. He's talking about something. Things that have been wrought on the inside of him. In Romans, you saw how he said that there's no respect of persons with God. That includes his own son. So, what I mean, God is, is not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of works. What has been done on the inside. When, when Peter went with the Holy Ghost or by the Holy Ghost to Cornelius' house, you know, that, it was, that was a terrible Holy Ghost meeting in Acts chapter 10. <laughs> Praise God. In that place, let's just read there. I just want to pick something to establish this thought of E. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So this was when Peter began to speak, right? Verse 34, Acts 10, 34, it says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and walketh righteousness is what accepted of within. Do you see that? He's talking about the standard of acceptance, right? The standard of acceptance is, remember Jesus Christ said that we will prove the word of righteousness because I go or because I am being accepted by my Father. Amen. So he said that, but in every nation, he that feareth him and walketh righteousness is what accepted of him. And then the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The Lord is, is Lord of all. That word I say ye know which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after when the baptism which John preached. So after the baptism which John preached, then they began the preaching of, what the, when you say the preaching of peace, it's actually the preaching of righteousness. Are you getting what I'm saying? So he's telling you that what time that preaching started was began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. This, so this should clarify that the, the baptism was a preaching, right? So, I mean, if baptism is just putting you in water, why would Peter be saying baptism which John preached? He's saying it was a, it was a doctrine. The immersion which John preached. John had to finish it. And after that, then the preaching of peace, right, which is the preaching of righteousness, had to begin by Jesus. Then verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, and we went about doing good and healing those that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So you see in the the unique thing about the message of Jesus was his anointing with the Holy Ghost 
and with power. Amen. Are you seeing the scriptures? Praise God. Just to show you that Peter had this sight now. You're seeing the same sight that Jesus had. The same things that John began to speak concerning. In terms of the order of the kingdom. The, 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 the baptism before it. The repentance that needs to come before it. Praise the Lord. You saw John's own, Paul's own wisdom. Of course, Jesus' own in the Gospels. You see Paul's own writing bears witness to that order. Are you unseen Peter again? With the same sight. Variance in how they represented it with words. But when you read it, you know, they are seeing the same thing. That these men, they all knew the, about the water of John. They all knew how it was a requirement for what? For Jesus to come. Jesus, Jesus said it too ex- explicitly in, in Matthew, Matthew 11, when Jesus began to speak about John. Please, I'm sorry. Let me, I mean, even if it's just to read it, then we can go home. So you can also have enough scriptures to read by yourself and be. Amen. Amen. Okay, let me do my fastest reading ever. <laughs> Praise God. And verse 7, Matthew 11, verse 7. Said, and they departed, Jesus began to say, as they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John. Said, what went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What is the meaning of a reed shaken by the wind? Is it that, you know how, you know those reeds in the wilderness with open ground? You know that thing? You know, that can be a tourist. You know, that's the only thing that can make a normal person go to the wilderness. Right? The wilderness is Utah. You guys who travel from Canada there just to go and see red land and all that. <laughs> tourists. I know there are many tourists, Christians, who are born again. The only reason, thing, why, reason why they ever go to the wilderness is for tourism. They just go there for tourism, and they, they come back. So John is saying, did you go there to see a reed shaking by the wind? But what went he out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went he out for to see? A prophet? Yeah. I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger. Before thy face, which I shall prepare, which shall prepare thy way before thee. This was Malachi chapter three. So Jesus was connecting Malachi. I mean, Jesus had read Malachi, and he has read the prophecy, and he knew that the person who was fulfilling this thing, which the messenger that should come before me, is John the Baptist, and he's saying it here. Praise God! I send my messenger before thy face, which shall go prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of Women, there had not arisen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, for the violent taketh it by what? Force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied 
until John. Praise the Lord. All the prophets did what? They prophesied until who? Until John. Amen. So you are seeing this, that the Lord is, is showing that the ministry of the prophetic, the ministry of John, amen, is a ministry that should precede his own ministry. Amen. Now, then John now spoke about it and said that my own ministry is the bringing in of a baptism of water. Praise God. Which should be in place, but I can't baptize with the Spirit. I baptize with water. But Jesus Christ will baptize you with what? The Holy Ghost and with what? And with fire. Now, he's saying that up from that time until now, the kingdom of God has suffered violence. But the violent take it by force. What is he telling you there? After speaking about John's own ministry. Right from the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffered violence. So John triggered violence against the kingdom. Are you seeing that? Then you see, well, the violent take it by force. That thing doesn't mean, let's take the kingdom by force. That's not what they are saying there. The violent take it by force. So when you pray, pray violently. You have to be violent. No. The kingdom cannot be taken by force. Praise God. But the violent cannot access the kingdom. Because they try to take it by force. So right from the time when John began to speak about the kingdom, the kingdom of God is at hand. The sensitivity of the kingdom arose. That water of John, because that water of John, it wasn't just an ordinary water. By the time he began to speak, he began to awaken the Pharisees. Pharisees that didn't know about him before, they didn't care about him. Who, who cares about some strange, weird guy in the wilderness? The moment he began to open doctrine and teach repentance, the soul souls began to change and prepare for someone who is coming. They now began to send emissaries. Pharisees, John, so are thou the Elijah to come? Are thou the Elias? Who are those men? Those are the men. Are you getting what I'm saying? If the kingdom is not, is not an it's not hidden in the Holy Ghost. Those men would have taken it by force. It's because of such men that the kingdom is in the Holy Ghost. Because of the violent, the violence, that's the same word they use for Satan in Ezekiel. You have filled your midst with violence. You violate. Because of that, they kicked him out. Amen. So any heart that approaches the things of God without the preparation of the Spirit is a violent approach. It's an approach that is, it violates the law and violates the order of access and entrance into the kingdom. So in order not to approach with violence, what do you do? You must receive the preparation of the Spirit. You must be open to the baptism of the Spirit. You must be open to, don't just want to live. Be willing to be buried. And to arise. To go through the process of birth. The process of transformation. 
Some things should go. Let other things arise. Baptism also means conversion. In Matthew chapter 18, what did Jesus say? Except you. the exact word Jesus said. Enter into the, the kingdom. There's another place where he said repent and be converted. Was it? Was it um, Paul or Peter in Acts? Acts 3. Who was he talking to? Sorry? The Jews. He said you should repent. I'm because out. Of refreshing. From who? Presence of the Lord. Okay. Unto you. Of the restitution of all things. Praise the Lord. So, are you seeing the order? You repent and be converted. It says, if you be converted and become as little children, you will not enter. So, that conversion is what entrance into the kingdom. But what precedes it is, the, is repentance. So, repentance, what to you is not just the water of John, it's actually the breath of water and spirit that gives you access into entrance. Sorry, into the to the kingdom. Praise God. Father, we thank you. Let's just begin to minister to the Lord. Thank you, my Christo. Holy Ghost, do it again. Do it again.
respond to you. We just respond to you. We open our hearts to your baptism. Let it come. Let it rest. Let it stay. Let it abide. Let it abide. Let it abide. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we receive this afternoon. We receive. I pray, Lord, for everyone. Lord, may everyone take their portion. Amen. Out of this great blessing. Out of this great impartation. Amen. I pray every heart, let us find grace and mercy. Amen. To take our own portion out of this. Amen. Holy Ghost, these are your words. Use it. Take it. Drive it into our hearts and recreate the ministration again and bring to our remembrance all the things that have been said. Give access to truth. I pray, Lord, let there be an impartation, Father, of the measures of the Spirit, of the baptisms and the immersions which should take place, Lord, out of this season. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. We reverence you. We worship you. Open up those 
fountains within our depths, the, the fountains of the spirit, the fountains of liberty, the fountains of joy within our depths, oh God, I pray access to communion, that place, that streams from where life, righteousness, peace, joy, and the things of the kingdom will flow. Let it flow, oh God, as a river into our souls. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. We worship you, Lord. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth.